Welcome to Heart and Soul, the radio show dedicated to all things BDSM. My name is Mistress Elisa. I'm a dominatrix, BDSM counselor, and life coach. Listen, you've got questions, and I've got answers. And I'll be talking to you from my heart and soul. Starting this interview, and I'm talking to Mark X. That's what we'll be calling him. You can tell from my tone that I am PO'd right now. Why am I upset, Mark? Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't following your instructions. Did I tell you to do anything outlandish? Did I tell you to do anything crazy or that was really out of the way? Not at all. Do I ever tell you to do anything like that? Never. And why is it so difficult for you to follow simple directions? Uh, I don't know, Mistress. I wasn't focused. I should be more aware and pay more attention. This isn't the first time that you've had this kind of moment with me. You have this kind of moment with me maybe two or three times a week, don't you, Mark? I do, mistress. Why am I still here? Why do I put up with this crap? Because mm, you care about me, and you want the best for me, and you believe in me, and that I can improve. There's a debate as to whether or not you're even submissive. Do you think you are? I think I am. But it's just not something that I'm used to. So sometimes the things that you think I'm doing are just my human reaction. They're like my instincts. It's not me purposely planning or me purposely trying to do something against your wishes. Like... uh, Just my instinct, that's how I react naturally. Isn't that what active training is for? It is, mistress. So is it that you're not taking your training seriously? No, I am, and like, I think my issues are the the small stuff. And I feel like it's the big stuff that I get right. But it's the little stuff, devils into details. So I think uh, I should focus on this little stuff as well as the big stuff. Because you can't tell me I haven't improved. Is this about whether or not you've improved? Or about the fact that I continue to see the same types of patterns that repeat themselves or that you repeat every single week? (laughs) Saying that you've improved is something that a vanilla person would pull. That's the kind of argument that a vanilla guy would pull. Oh, I'm doing better. You need to be more patient with me. Why are you being so this, or why are you being so that? Does that sound very submissive to you? No, Why are you still here? Because there's something I share with you that is so real. 
it's something that's not like easy to find or the journey I've been on with you. It's been you've helped me change my life, and I think this is like the basis before submission and DS or anything like that is. You've done so much for me, and there's connection between us. So this was even regardless of anything else. And because of these foundations that are so strong, that this connection I have with you becomes even more powerful. And I think sometimes just deep down, you know, you just have like this gut feeling, you know the other person and who they are. Well, no, Lisa, it's just, it's just, just something between us. So you're here because there's something between us. I'm not hearing that you are here to please me. I'm not hearing that you're here to make me happy, to entertain me. I'm not hearing any of those things. I'm hearing that you are here because you're getting what you want. And so maybe that's why you're not motivated to focus on these little things as you call them. Uh, but the, the things that the, this relation that I have with this connection that I have with you it is by pleasing you that I'm getting it. I'm not getting it just by just by making you happy by your approval of me um, by the way you look after me. How inclined am I to look after you when I'm highly upset with you, Mark. You won't be. How many times have I told you that I've walked away from people who have been with me long term because I continue to be upset with them and I don't like what comes out of me when I get upset? How many times have I had that talk with you? Many times. Do you not think that you're in danger? of losing all of this if you continue this behavior. I think you're going to be one of those people who just doesn't believe it until it happens to you. But you've seen what happens. What happens when I get fed up, Mark? You've seen it. Just walk away. Am I in touch with any of the people that I've walked away from? No. So do you really want to continue on this path in the same manner? I don't, it's yours. Let's move on. Be very general. Don't give us any identifiers. I don't want to know where you live. Give your age. And be very general about what your life was like when I met you in, I think it was February of 2015. So we're talking one year and four months ago. Five months ago. Yeah, 16, last year. Yes, you're right, 2016, that's right. All right, so tell us how old you are and give us an overview of what your life was like. No identifiers. I'm 27 years old right now. 
I was in a very dark space at the height of my depression. I had uh, been watching porn since I was a kid. And at that time, it has escalated into femdom and BDSM. <clears throat> so I kept seeking more and more and more. I was visiting escorts, professional doms, wasting all my savings on them, trying to look for a connection or some sort of enjoyment or fulfillment. But I would leave at the end every time with feeling empty. But then I would come back to it again. Wasn't it somewhere around 15000 that you had to spend? Yes, that includes the night for the amount of night for as well. Because mm-hmm. at that time, around January that year, I discovered night for it. <clears throat> and this is where... Like I thought, I like, the year night flight was my darkest times. Mm, especially because BDSM, there could be some dark stuff in it. And you mix that with somebody who has low self-esteem, hates himself. Mm, and just like a recipe for ruining your soul. that time I had like quit my job because I was so depressed and bored what did we say about that word bored not to use it you were depressed and what I was depressed I'm just lost One of my issues is I've never been in a relationship that always like weighed heavily on me. So I got into night flirt and then I started getting turned on by my uh, by me and my weaknesses, my, the thing that caused my self-esteem um, to diminish is why I started getting turned on. You know, like people calling me worthless, etc., etc., telling me no one will be with me, and I was sexualizing that stuff. Uh, so anytime I felt depressed or sad, the thing is, like, my dick would react to it. So you so were processing your emotions through your dick. Sadness, disappointment, fear, judgment, uncertainty. And you were fetishizing those things. I was, definitely. So it's been a year and five months. Where are you now? What are you doing now? How have things changed for you? Actually, a more accurate question would be, how have you changed things in your life? How have you changed your life? Uh, I've changed my life spoken to you about what I wanted when we first talked. Mm. 
when I started with baby steps, I wanted to get in shape. I wanted to stop my watching porn, cut it off completely. I wanted to... I was studying at that time. I wanted to focus on my studies. And... I wanted to eventually, like, in the, car, like in the near future, I wanted to get back into looking for a job and start building up my saving, which I wasted. Mm-hmm. So we started small. It wasn't perfect, a lot of setbacks. But at the beginning, that's expected. Like, nobody can change his life in a week or two. Uh, but without going through all the, the process, where I am right now is... Uh, in a completely different state of mind. Uh, okay, I still so get tell the, us where you are today. I'll start, like, for example, with my depression. I still get it every now and then. Sometimes it would come for days. Mm-hmm. But I'm still able to, like, manage it and not let it change my course or, like, whatever I'm doing mm-hmm. whereas before I'm depressed I wouldn't be able to focus I wouldn't be able to study I would skip my gym uh, I would go and like watch spend binge on porn mm-hmm. whereas now I just more I can face it I can accept it like I realize it's a phase uh, so it has less of an effect on me uh, I have lost about 35 pounds. Congratulations. Thank you, mistress. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, working out consistently. Uh, watching what I eat. Again, not perfection, but... Uh, it gave me a lot of self-confidence. It improved my self-confidence. Just being strong and getting muscular. Uh, I am currently employed again. Good for you. Even though it's not like the job where I go to fully excited and I jump out of bed too. I'm always grateful I have uh, a way to make money for myself and then I go out I interact with people I learn about deadlines and responsibility and uh, why didn't you learn these things before a lot of it has to do with me with my upbringing I can say nobody ever taught me but like some people are never taught and they learn on themselves and some people are like, oh, everyone teaches them and tries them everything, but they still don't get it. So I don't think there's a rule for that. I think like I was super lazy. Uh, I was always, I never wanted to get out of my comfort zone. And so... What was one of the things that I used to say to you so frequently in the beginning? 
In regards to what exactly? This whole process. One of the things that I repeated to you over and over was grow the fuck up. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I only say that about once every two months, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How have you grown up? I have grown up... Uh, by just... accepting that nobody's gonna give me anything in life. But if I want something, I have to work for it. And, like, I have to do an action to get a reaction. I can't just be still, do nothing, and be upset that I'm not getting anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas as kids, they're used to, like, their parents giving them everything, or not even their parents, just because they're kids, so, like, by default, somebody helps them out, or there's always a solution. And as an adult, uh, you have to provide for yourself, you have to feed yourself, you have to look after yourself, you have to watch out for yourself. So you become your own guardian or parent or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I started looking for real, more real stuff than, rather than this fake uh, instant gratification and just sexual pleasure, which uh, is just so empty. Watch, you're watching pixels on a screen, like, and your brain is getting wired to that. And then you get bored of it, and you want more and more extreme stuff. Mm-hmm. Like right now, because I'm not, I don't feel as addicted to it. Like, I'll never say I'm fully cured, but. At that point, like, I really couldn't, I don't know if you remember, like, I would tell you that the minute I'm alone at home, I used to go out for a walk. Mm-hmm. And then once, like, a family member is back home, then I would go back home. Because I didn't have the strength in me to not watch if I'm alone. Like, that's how impossible it was for me. And now? Now I can go for days. And, uh, how did you rewire your brain? It was not easy, and it still isn't, but how did you rewire your brain so that you were not, um, you were not giving in to the compulsions that you had been programmed for? Um, um, well, one of the techniques that helped me was actually your uh, suggestion was that anytime I wanted to watch, you told me, fine, you want to watch? You can watch, but on one condition, I have to take a 15-minute walk and give you a call or, like, message you if you're not online. Uh, And after that, if I still want to watch, I can go watch. So at the beginning, I wouldn't... interesting that you mentioned that as something that worked because you were never 100% committed to that. You dabbled with it, but you were never really committed to that. Mm, I was just going to say, like, at the beginning, it wasn't working because 
my mind was like, I know if I called you or if I messaged you, I would get out of that space. Exactly. And I wouldn't want to be like uh, out of that space. So um, you would want what you wanted and you would c commit to creating the space for yourself that would allow you to get what you wanted or that would guarantee that you got what you wanted. So you weren't really looking for a solution in those moments. What you were looking for was what you had been conditioned for. You wanted to feed your addiction. And you knew that if you called me, I was going to get you out of that space. So you wouldn't follow those steps. Correct. All right, so you never committed to that. What was it that you did that did work for you? Uh, like, well, I'm trying to, like, because I know a lot of people suffer from this. It's There's no one thing. There's no, like, one, oh, this, oh, because I did this, I'm here forever. Mm -hmm. But this was the start of a process. It was telling me that I have to change my reaction. So I did before, like, every time, okay, I'm upset, I'm depressed automatically watch watch porn mm -hmm. oh I'm sad I'm frustrated I'm bored I'm lonely I have no one to, nothing to do watch porn so then when I started getting these thoughts and feelings I would just try and process them a lot of time we would talk mm -hmm. we would have we still do have our talks but before they were much longer we would talk maybe for an hour or more just about for you to like when I'm in that depressed space and you know, give me company and walk me through my thought process and show me that it's not real. And, uh, so I had to work through it and adjust my reaction to it. And at some point, every time I felt this way, frustrated, depressed, angry, um, I would have had a talk with you like the day before or like a couple of days before and I would remember, okay, it is not real. This is what I have to do to improve it. Like, so instead of focusing on the problem, I would start immediately thinking of the solution as my reaction to my depression. I want to pause here for a moment and make it clear to people who are listening that you fully acknowledge that you were battling sex porn masturbation addiction and that you still do um, acknowledge that this is an issue for you but you're one of the people who has been on the show you're the first actually who has fully acknowledged that this is an addiction for you with the others the other two you were in the same age group but it was more like they didn't want to get lost you know they saw these patterns developing but you are the first person to be on who is fully acknowledging that this is an addiction for you I thought that it was important to have you on because so many people question how I can be a dominatrix and have so much of my focus be on the erotic and at the same time be an effective counselor. How do those two things come together for you? A focus on the erotic and the counseling. 
uh, when we first started the interview, you asked me like, why wasn't the first thing I think of when I want to be with you is why I want to please you and make you happy. And I really think like this is extremely important. I understand in a DS relationship, but before any of this, like we're human beings and we have our own like emotion emotions and we connect regardless of submissive or domination. So the counseling part was helping me look at my truth, getting me out of my addiction, uh, helping me grow my confidence, face my issues. And so when you see some person helping you through stuff, person who cares for you, uh, this alone creates like a very strong bond, like because uh, here you're facing your truth. You're not putting on the mask that you put every day in life, at work or even sometimes with your family. And like what I hear from you, people with their wives and children. Uh, and then the erotic part is like the cherry on top. It's like once you have that base. And the erotic part can be, it's not the focus of the relation. It's just mm, a symptom, let's say, rather than it being the main focus. Whereas a porn addict, the main focus for him is the sex part, the getting off part, the kinky stuff. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care who it's with. He doesn't care... Mm -hmm. How does he feel afterwards? He doesn't care if it's hurting him, if it's hurting the person he's doing it with. And that's why with you, the counseling, to you it always comes first. And you would never do anything sexual unless the counseling part was taken care of. And I think this is the basis for any relationship, that the foundation is there. And then you can have that strong, erotic energy. But because of the foundation that you have set beforehand, so before you, let's look at the number of times each day. On average, how many times were you masturbating, getting off, having sex? And we, you didn't say this, but it will be helpful for some people to know that you had been going out to see prostitutes as well. It wasn't just what you were doing online. You had been seeing prostitutes. Mm, true, I didn't mention it. I was visiting prostitutes and pro-doms. Mm -hmm. Or so-called pro-doms, because now that I met you, I know what a real dom is. Mm, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many times a day on average? Let's give a range from this number to that number where you in search of an orgasm. Previously, mm, daily, so you could say for like three years, or there probably hasn't been a day where I haven't been like thinking about sex or porn or watching porn. Mm -hmm. mm. And then I would go like sometimes we go range from like three times or two times a day. Mm -hmm. mm. Some days uh, they could be worse maybe 
four, four to six. But that was like they would last a day or two because it was tiring. Yes. All right. So you're looking at one to three times a day on average, and then a particularly active day could be up to six, but you would skip the day or two afterwards after that, right? Mm, no, I wouldn't skip. I would do like once maybe, but like I'm never zero. But I would go back to one and two. That's what I'm saying. Like mm. I would go like I would transition, but never okay. zero. All right. So here's what I'm hearing you say. On average, one to three times, the high number would be up to six. And then if you did six, you would go back to one or two the days following. Correct? That's correct. All right. And now what do you average? Mm -hmm. I average what you want me to average. <laughs> <laughs> and my numbers for you look something like zero to three or four times. And three or four times would be the exception. That might happen like three to four times a month. But a lot of times you're doing zero. And I don't take it easy on you on those days. Just because you're not having a release that day doesn't mean that I'm less sexual. Doesn't mean that I don't tease you because I still do. I never notice you do. Really? <laughs> so what's the difference between the way that you responded to sexual stimuli before and the way that you respond to sexual stimuli now? Before, I just, we were just having this conversation earlier. You used to get mad at me. I used to tell you, uh, I didn't watch porn. You would like tell me, no, you didn't watch porn and you didn't masturbate. I was like, but I would get, I was like, that's the same thing. Why would anyone watch porn? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm masturbate. And you would like <laughs> tell me, yeah, all right, whatever. So I just. So yeah, so basically, uh, to me now it's changed because there's something in having this uh, sexual energy in you, and you having power over it, uh, and not it over you. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I'm being sexual and then I'm choosing to give control over to you, it's just so becomes so much easier. There's no like there's no overcomplicating, there's no overthinking when, why Wait, wait, I want to say something. So you turn control over to me. Have you noticed what I do? Mm. Your focus becomes me. Correct. And then what do I do with all of that focus being on me? I turn it Make right sure. back around and I put it back on you, don't I? You do, you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But before you do, you always make sure I'm in the right space. You always make sure I've done what I have to do. I've done my studies. I've mm -hmm. been a good boy. Uh, you'd ask me if I went to CrossFit or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ask me if I finished my 
the hours I had set myself for studying or not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you could be very kinky, but you still respected the counseling, respected the the work that we've done. Mm-hmm. What had mm-hmm. you tried before reaching out to me? Oh, and we should mention that your ass was blocked in the beginning. I think I've blocked you two times. Is that right? Yes, Mister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you didn't last past that first call. I blocked you. What did you do? Start a new account on Nightflirt and come back to me? No, it wasn't the first call. It was one time you sent me a message by mistake that you were sending another guy called Mark. <laughs> yeah, and you, you responded. I remember. I like, you told me. You told me. You were like, to? I can't wait to make you my mark. Uh huh. And at and at that time, like, I was clueless about BSM and like submission domination. Mm-hmm. So I told. I sent you back. I was like, I have the weirdest boner. <laughs> yes, you did. That's exactly what you wrote. I and was I was like, fucked. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> And then you came back and I realized my mistake. Yeah. The second time was legitimate, though. You did something wrong. I don't know what it was. I think you were arguing. You're you're always arguing. Always trying to make your point instead of learning. I mean, that is just one thing that has gotten better. But that, that is definitely still there with you. Mm. This mistress and... It really is like, I don't know how to explain it, like, I don't think, like, it's just part of my character. Uh, I'm very stubborn and, um, like, I, I, I could be really, like, I I just want what I want, like, assertive and just because I think to myself, like, oh, I know better. Uh, this is sometimes good. And how does that work but, for you with me? You thinking that you know better. I'm sure that goes, uh, it goes across really well, doesn't it? Yeah, you love it, mistress. <laughs> <laughs> what kinds of problems does that thinking create for you? With me, in particular. With you, in particular. Mm-hmm. It's not allow me to feel the full submission to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't please you at all. And when you're upset, Oh my god, my life is upside down. But PD is just part of my character. I'm working on it. I think that's why you don't work on me because. You think that's my what? You don't walk out on me. Mm. Because deep down, you know how much you mean to me and. Don't rely on that too much. I'm not kidding you. When you start receiving those warnings, you're on thin ice. I've told you, I've walked away from people who've been with me for over two and a half years. Just disappeared on them. Don't rely on that, Mark. If you get comfortable in that mindset, it's you're going to find yourself surprised. You're going to find yourself trying to figure out what to do. 
not allowed to take me for granted. It's not permitted. I never do much drugs. We have to wrap up. What do you want to say to people who are listening and who can possibly benefit from your journey? Mm-hmm. I want to say the first question I ever asked when I called you the first time I was told you simple question can I really change my life and you were like with a matter of fact attitude like of course you can mm-hmm. and to me that like represents everything because at the beginning your life is what you're conditioned by where you're born, who you're born to, religion, non-religion. So you feel like you're not in control, and then somehow you end up places you don't want to end up. You end up doing things or allowing people to do stuff to you that you never thought you'd ever do. And that even if you had these things happen to you, and you feel so terrible, believe me, I know how you feel. Like, at the height of my depression. Like, I know everyone suffers from it, but, like, the self-worth that you feel, like, is below, below, like, you feel like you're worth nothing, and... Mm, I want you to trust me that... you can get there. It's possible. Uh, it takes work, and it takes you to know, like, deep down, that you have to believe in yourself. And at some point, nobody's going to do the work for you. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to do the inner work. Forget what people think. Forget about the image. And doing it on your own, it is possible, but it's extremely tough. Just because you need a mirror, you need somebody to be that clear conscious when you're thinking in a negative state to make you realize what you're saying or doing. And mistress, this is something you have to help me with, and I will never forget for the rest of my life. You are not that I've seen a therapist before, and oh my god, they're so boring. It's like they read the questions of a book. You really like. You're a deep person. You have, you know how to connect with others. And just the questions that you ask, or the things that you make me think of that I never thought of before. I'm not just kissing your ass, even though I love kissing it, mistress, but. You should more. You should be in contact with more people. You can help so much. I have a question for you. I require you to reach deep inside of yourself and pull things out that you didn't know were there. Have you ever pulled anything out of yourself? Have you ever seen a part of yourself that you just rejected? And when I say yourself, I mean your truth. Have you ever seen a part of your true self that you just 
absolutely rejected on this journey with me. Mm, never. And I think that that's important because a lot of times what people are doing is running. They are ashamed, they are afraid and intimidated by what they feel, by what they want, and they judge themselves. They don't want to face who they really are, so they're constantly on the run. But the truth of the matter is that once you get beneath the fetish, who you are as a person usually is not bad. And I have to say usually because there are some sick people here who probably have been sick since the day they were born. And those are not people that I can interact with. Um, I don't deal with crazy people. So I'm not talking about pedophiles. I'm not talking about people who want to do crazy shit with animals and, you know, they've been fantasizing about these things ever since they were young. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the average run-of-the-mill person who finds himself compelled to porn, sex, and masturbation addictions, activities. And he's running. They're running. There's usually nothing inside of yourself that you really need to be running from. You've just conditioned yourself to judge yourself. These things, they have no ceiling. Mm. There's always more. Always, 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 always more. Mm -hmm. There's no place where like, okay, I've seen it all. Never. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're the connection or peace that you can find, it's like being with somebody, it could be your mistress or like it could be just even a vanilla relationship, just when you're connected with somebody. That is everlasting that you don't need more or less it is enough you just need truth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right with that i'm going to bring this interview to an end what i like to explain at the end is that the reason that i call this heart and soul is because we need to look beyond the fetish we need to look beyond the, the things that catch our attention and that excite us sexually. It's only when we look at issues of the heart and soul that we have even a remote chance of finding fulfillment in this life. This is Mistress Elisa. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. <laughs>